Knowledge is power, and we are all about empowering the mamas of the world. In each episode, we will unravel and interpret the latest research and evidence-based practices for pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. As mums and researchers ourselves, we have experienced firsthand the overwhelming complexity of information, myths, and those classic old wives' tales. I'm Dr. Renee White, and this is The Science of Motherhood. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 71, and I'm your host, Dr. Renee White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you to those who are joining us for the first time, and welcome back to those who are longtime listeners. Today is a check-in Tuesday episode, which is a little kind of, I don't know, tips and recipes or just sharing my thoughts about what is going on in my life, whether it be motherhood, business, recipes, food, tantrums, uh, self-care, which has definitely been a topic of interest quite recently. Whilst I have got your beautiful ears all to myself, I wanted to mention that Fill Your Cup is going to have a stall at the upcoming Pregnancy Babies and Children's Expo in Melbourne, which is on Saturday the 17th through to the 18th of June, which is so, so exciting. It's going to be our first expo. And we are going to have all of our products there. Of course, we are going to have Expo Specials, which I will probably tell you about um, a little bit closer to the date. But I can assure you that you should definitely come. If you are in Melbourne and you have always wanted to try our products or you are (laughs) one of our long-term loyal FYC families... Um, save yourself some postage, come on down, have a chat. I would love to see you in person and that would be absolutely amazing. So it's free to go. I think you just need to register online to get yourself a ticket because, you know, crowd control and COVID. But that is Saturday the 17th and 18th of June. We are absolutely thrilled to be there. So in today's episode, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about practical tips for the first six weeks of motherhood. Now, you've probably heard me bang on on all of these episodes about certain topics and I've done like deep dives, but in this particular one, I want to talk about just a range of things that I have felt were kind of critical to just surviving motherhood in those first six weeks. I'm going to talk about a few things that we talk about in our postpartum planning sessions. So those sessions are part of all of our packages here at Fill Your Cup, um, our postpartum doula village. Come to your house and there is a two-hour prep planning postpartum kind of cheat sheet guide to getting your shit together. (laughs) And I wanted to walk you through some of those things. Now, this is a beautiful episode to kind of get a pen and paper and start writing down a couple of these things. 
But if you are in the car or you are pushing a pram or you are just like, Renee, I just want to sit here and listen to you. I will deal with this later. That is totally fine. I feel you, girl. Head over to our website. Um, I have put this cheat sheet guide up on our website. So it's a little freebie download for you to kind of sit down. And it doesn't matter whether you are pregnant or you have had your baby, postpartum is for life. And there is no such thing as I've missed the boat and I'm doomed because I didn't plan. And therefore there is no redeeming the situation that I'm currently in. I think this is a really good opportunity for anyone at any stage to kind of, you know, start thinking about this. Because I think, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, you can still implement a lot of these things. So, My first tip for getting practical and real when it comes to your first six weeks, fill your freezer with a ton of food. I want people to be like doomsdayers and I want them prepping their houses (laughs) as if they are not leaving the house for at least two weeks, okay? So get yourself a chest freezer or like a super duper like pull-out freezer. I want to see meal trains. I want to see, you know, I always have this philosophy. She doesn't need another onesie. My Lord, you don't. If someone wants to give you something, get a, ask them to bring a meal. Trust me, they will love it. They will absolutely love it. And if they can't cook, that is totally fine get like a postpartum meal service um, on your books and get that sorted. So have your freezer stocked. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you will know (laughs) that the running joke is that I had two batches of spaghetti bolognese sauce in my freezer and I was like, girl, I got this. I still laugh. I'm like six years postpartum and I still laugh at this. No, (laughs) just no. You are not going to survive on two batches of spaghetti bolognese, Renee. My goodness. Um, I thought I I was going to have all this time up my sleeve to cook because I'll be home all the time and I'm not working. So what else would I do with my time? Yes. So Fill your freezer. The cheat sheet guide on our website is going to have a ton of recipes on there. It's going to include main meals, snacks, lunches, things to stock your fridge, freezer, pantry with, all your go-to stuff because, as we all know, food is the best medicine for your physical, mental, and emotional recovery. And if you are breastfeeding and if you have listened to the previous episode of Check-In Tuesday, you will know that good nutrition is essential for your breastfeeding journey, a successful breastfeeding journey. So you want to be thinking about things that are high in iron, high in collagen, high in vitamin B12, in zinc, in... DHAs, omega-3s. If you want to listen to a super in-depth version of that, I would totally rewind and go back to, oof, what episode was it that I was actually banging on about this? I'm just looking at our looking at our list. Oh, here we go. Episode 53, kick postnatal depletion to the curb. 
That is where I talk about all the nutrients that you need to be putting into your body. Okay, next tip, get comfortable with asking for help. And whether that is also saying yes or saying no, thank you. I really struggled with this, really, really struggled. My husband was like, before Eva had even arrived, he was like, I think we need to get a cleaner. And I was like, nope. He was like, I think you need to engage with a lactation consultant. I was like, nope. (laughs) I think we need to start looking for a nanny. No. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, guess what? We got all of those um, in the end and I had already slipped down the momentous mountain of mental health (laughs) shit show that it was. So you cannot do it all. That is number one. So just you need to park that, shelf it. You cannot do motherhood by yourself. It is too bloody hard, okay? So lean in, start to get real comfortable with asking for help. And I find that, you know, those mamas-to-be, if you start doing it then and practising before you're sleep-deprived, before you're, you know, you've got kind of postnatal depletion and, you know, things are really tricky with a screaming child, it makes it a lot easier later to park your boundaries and draw a line in the sand and ask for help and say yes when you need to say yes and no when you need to say no. And the other thing is that you, my number one recommendation is it's okay to experiment and it's okay to change your mind a million times if you want to. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Third tip, make your partner or support person, whoever that is, the gatekeeper of visitors. Now, during our postpartum planning sessions, we always talk about boundaries. (laughs) We talk about visitors. And one of the questions that we pose to all of our families is, I want you to start thinking about and write it down so everyone is really clear. Who is going to be a visitor on the day of your baby's birth versus three days postpartum, three weeks postpartum, three months postpartum? And what does that look like? I would highly recommend drafting some sort of communication to friends and family before Bubby arrives to make it really clear what your expectations are. Because again, it's I'm a, just a huge advocate for prevention is better than treatment. Let's all make sure everyone's on the same page before we're sleep deprived, before we're stressed, before, you know, the shits hit the fan. And so then everyone's really clear on what that is. And that could be, you know, typically my recommendation is if anyone wants to come to the house, we're like, well, let's go back and further. We're not taking any visitors at the hospital. This is just an example. We're not taking any visitors at the hospital. We would love for you to come and visit us at home. We will let you know when we're home and when we would like visitors and when we're ready. Can you please check in with insert partner or support person's name first because we won't be taking any, you know, 
the press, visitors at all. In the meantime, if you would like to help us out, there's an esky out the front and you can pop a meal in there. Um, That would be super greatly appreciated. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) So, and the reason why I say the partner or, you know, the support person as the gatekeeper is because, Mama, if you are not feeding, if you are not fueling your body with beautiful nourishing meals that you've just filled your freezer with for the past weeks and months, you should be resting. You should not be an executive assistant to your life of, you know, working out a schedule for visitors and entertaining them. You, like, ain't nobody got time for that, okay? So palm that over to your partner or support person. Tip number, what are we up to? One, two, three, four. Understand that your baby is human. Let's just sink that in for a little bit. And I'm going to say it again. Understand that your new baby is a human, just like you. And that baby is going to be unpredictable to, you know, an extent. They're not going to be on a schedule. They're probably not going to recognize that they are outside of your body for the first, I don't know, two, three months. (laughs) That's why it's called the fourth trimester. And so you are essentially their safe haven. And that's where things like routines and strict timing on things can be really tricky. And the other thing that we see a lot of is this pathologizing of behavior, cry fussing in particular. And we know from the research now, and if you have followed Dr. Pamela Douglas, like I do, I'm a huge advocate of her work, is that we know that cry fussing is really normal in the first 16 weeks of life. And so I think I really wish, God, when I read her book, The Discontented Little Baby Book, I cried a lot reading it because I just kind of kept cycling in my brain going, I wish I had read this when my baby was brand new because it would have made so much more sense and I wouldn't have been like a complete and utter anxious mess And I would have been a bit more softer on myself. And I just, yeah, I wouldn't have been so hard on everyone else around me as well. Like my husband copped a lot because I just had mum rage because I just didn't think I was doing a good job because my, I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand what was going on with my baby. I felt completely out of control. But I think, you know, accepting the fact that your baby is human and that it's all going to be unpredictable. As soon as you start to accept that, things get a little bit easier. Um, My next tip is plan time for self-care. And I can hear you already going, Renee, are you joking? (laughs) I don't even have time to shower. And I hear you 
But one of the things that we talk about in our postpartum planning session is our oxytocin boosters. And we get our mamas to write down like a short list of things that I guess bring us peace and joy in our lives. And we want to think about something that takes one minute, something that takes three minutes, five minutes, and 10 minutes. And I typically get our mamas to write the list down and pop a copy of it on the fridge or on their feeding chair or like a feeding chair kind of trolley, something close to where they're just sitting there for quite a long time. And I just want you to pick something every day, one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minutes. It could be anything. It could be just grounding your feet, doing three deep breaths, relaxing your shoulders, and just bringing like your headspace just where you are, taking in the surroundings, looking at your beautiful baby. You know, that could take a minute. Because we know from the research, there was a seminal study done at the Murdoch Children's Research Institute, which showed that mothers who take 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes each week for acts of self-care are three times less likely to develop depressive symptoms. And so when we have statistics like one in five mothers, you know, developing postnatal depression and or anxiety, again, I am a huge advocate for prevention is better than treatment. And so if we can start integrating a couple of those little self-care acts every day, it could be, you know, someone else looks after Bubby for five or 10 minutes and you either go for a walk down to the local cafe or hop in the car and go get yourself a coffee by yourself. You know, just little things like that can change your day. And it's just a little reset. And for the mums who are in the thick of it right right now, I feel you, I see you, I've been there. So if you can start just little things every day, Hopefully, you will start to feel a bit better. Tip number six, get horizontal as often as you can. Oh, I know there's a lot of memes out there about, you know, oh, they tell me sleep when the baby sleeps. Oh, what am I going to do? You know, the baby's going to do the washing when I do the washing. And I am going to be slightly controversial here and probably upset people, but I think that that is complete BS. I honestly believe that you do need to sleep when the baby sleeps. And when you both are awake during the day, I think you make Bubby part of, you know, (laughs) putting the washing on experience, either with baby wearing, if they need to be close by, or you can pop them on, you know, a nice little play mat next to you or a bouncer or something like that. You really do. We know babies wake up multiple times a night. That is very, very normal, okay? And so you do need to start prioritizing your sleep as well. And so I know that can be really challenging when you've got older children. And so if that is the case, then kind of that brings me back to point two, get comfortable with asking for help. 
get someone to come over, even if it's just for 30, 40, 60 minutes, and just say, look, I'm going to book you in every Tuesday and Thursday. And would you would it be okay if you came over and looked after my toddler for an hour just so I could get some sleep? It's a game changer. Everyone knows that. If they can get a nana nap during the day, it's a game changer. Tip number seven, if you have the financial means, I would highly encourage you to get some extra assistance, whether that be a cleaner or a postpartum doula. It's a game changer. It's about taking the load off yourself so you can focus on your physical and mental and emotional recovery. And I just wanted to give a shout out, and this is not sponsored in any way. I do know the founder that, you know, that's the extent of it. There is a wonderful website called Gravy, which I just think is like the coolest name. Their website is givewithgravy.com. And it's this cool website where you can kind of set up an account and it's about gifting experiences and kind of flipping it on its head. You can set up like almost like a GoFundMe type thing. You know, you can gather funds and favors. So it doesn't actually need to be financial stuff. So, you know, if you wanted a financial thing for something like a cleaner or postpartum doula, that's great. If you wanted, you know, to put towards, you know, I need three hours, you know, three single one-hour sessions where someone comes over and looks after my kid and plays Lego with them while I go and have a sleep while the baby does. That's something that you can set up on this gravy site and people can contribute to it, pop their names in for it. Like it's super. I love it. I love it. I love it. So that's um, givewithgravy.com. Amazing. Second last tip. This is the only product that I recommend, like 110%. There's a whole lots of stuff that like is useful, but this is like my number one thing and I love it for so many, so many different reasons. It is the, what I call the mama trolley. Now it's the Ikea Rascog, R-A-S-K-O-G trolley. I know Kmart and Target have a version as well. But it's essentially a metal trolley. It's got three different levels with shelving. But the number one thing I love about it is it's got wheels. And you're like, okay, Renee, (laughs) what's that all about? I'm going to tell you about it. You set up this trolley with all your bits and pieces that you need as like a feeding station. Okay, so think burp cloths, breast pumps, Breast pads, iPhone, iPhone charger, book, iPad, wipes, dummies, nipple shields, nipple balm, all the things that you could possibly think of. Snacks, okay? (laughs) Go back to point number one, all the snacks that you made. Get yourself some uh, FYC Choc Goji lactation cookie mixes and you can make some lactation cookies and pop those on your trolley. Now, I love it for a few reasons. One, it's got wheels, okay, which means, and I've seen this, I've seen these people with like these like bunny catty things and they're like full of all the stuff that you need and they have to pick them up and then they have to carry them and then they have to put them in the spot. If you have had a C-section, I can assure you, you are not picking up a 
big, giant, caddy thing full of all the bits and pieces. All right, that's going to be too much. So think you've got baby in one arm and you're like lugging this big caddy thing and you're plonking it wherever it is that you need to go. With something on wheels, there's virtually no weight when you're pushing it. And so you can maneuver this thing all around your house. If you've got two levels to your house, get two. They're quite inexpensive. I think they're about $30 to $50, depending on where you get them from. And the best thing about it also is sustainability. So I had one and it was my feeding trolley. When I finished up feeding, it has become a bookshelf for Eva. So we had all of her books in there. We had, you know, a relatively small space. So we had um, her books in there. And now it is part of her craft station. So it's full of like, pom-poms and textures and crayons and stickers and paper and paint and all the things. And so she's six years old and we are still using this thing. It's like the best investment ever. So I would highly recommend getting yourself an Ikea Rascog um, trolley and setting that up. The last tip, and it's kind of, I guess, on the mental health angle, is that I would highly recommend having a debrief, a birth debrief with someone who you really trust, even if it was a positive birth experience. And that person could be, I'm going to say, like obviously talk to your partner or your birth support person or whatever. I think that's really critical about, you know, debriefing that event together, the people who were in that event together. But I also think it's really important to do that individually as well. And whether that be, you know, a really good friend or a professional, I would probably highly recommend a professional just to work through those emotions, just to work through all the things that kind of happened. It's kind of just like getting it all out there because One of the things that we know, one of the factors that we need as mothers in order to thrive during postpartum is psychological support and also sharing of experiences. We are hardwired to thrive and to share our experiences and therefore, you know, it's kind of like that village that women create that community we need to be talking to other people that's how we process those emotions and feelings and so I would highly recommend you know booking in a time with a close friend or a family member or as I said a psychologist or or counselor or something like that and just working through that whole experience because you know you might something might crop up for you where you might go, oh, hold on a minute, that happened and I'm not really sure whether I've kind of processed that or not or, you know, how how does that play out? And I think that's a really important thing to do. I had a very positive birth experience but there were times where because I had a cesarean section, like I was kind of, you know, <laughs> a little bit drugged and so I'm, I had a few pockets of missed time and 
I definitely needed to check back in with my husband and go, hold on a minute, so what happened after this? And how long was I in the recovery for? And, you know, little things like that. I think that just kind of completes the experience by sharing those emotions and the story that you had. So they are my top tips for getting through the first few weeks. It touches on obviously physical, emotional and mental recovery. As I said, these are all going to be in a downloadable cheat sheet on our website, ifillyourcup.com for those who haven't got a pen and paper ready. So I'll just go through them all again. Number one, fill your freezer with nourishing food and make sure that you've got enough meals for about two weeks. If you can't manage that, organize a meal train. Just go to that website, mealtrain.com. Second one, get comfortable with asking for help and saying yes or no. Tip number three, make your partner or support person the gatekeeper of visitors. Number four, understand that your new baby is human just like you. Number five, plan time for self-care. It is so, so important. You will feel like a new person once you start doing it. Number six, get horizontal as often as you can. That is going to be pivotal to your physical recovery and sleep when the baby sleeps. Number seven, if finances are on your side, get some help, whether it be a postpartum doula, cleaner, dog walker, whatever that looks like, and have a look at the Give With Gravy website if you need to pull a little village together to organize that. Number eight, my number one product for all new mamas, the feeding trolley from IKEA, the Razcog, or Target and Kmart have something very similar. And tip number nine, organize a birth debrief, even if it was the most positive and magical birth ever. All right, then I'm going to leave you with that. For those who are going to join us at the Pregnancy Expo soon, I look forward to seeing you. Until next week. Bye, guys. If you loved this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you know someone out there who would also love to listen to this episode, please hit the share button so they can benefit from it as well. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. If you would like to contact us, we are at ifillyourcup.com or you can DM us at ifillyourcup underscore via Instagram. You can find all of our services including our postpartum in-home care and our fill your freezer meal delivery service as well through both those channels. Thanks so much for listening.